Spartan Marching Band. All right. Welcome. Thanks, everyone, for joining. This is the Red Cedar Wrap, a Michigan State podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Jake. Alongside me is uh, Matt Calapena. How you guys doing? And we're really just doing this as a hobby, just kind of making sure we get a little bit of time to talk about our favorite sports team. Um, both of us are graduates of the Michigan State University uh, and just wanted to kind of give you a point of view from a average fan, uh, yeah, not I mean, necessarily. Yeah, something just as like a person sitting in the stands every Saturday or when uh, basketball season comes back around, someone there during the week just watching the games either in person or on t- uh, on TV. Just kind of our views on things. We're not going to get down to the X's and O's. Just kind of the average man, everyday man uh, look at the programs. Yeah, that uh, couch potato coach, if I may. But really just kind of get over the, some of the topics when we get into the season we'll probably be a little bit more on just a quick review next game preview uh and maybe some commentary over unders things like that uh, but we'll just kind of let it ride from there 100 percent. well matt the the first thing in preseason that kind of shaken the world in the msu world was um d'antonio after the um disappointing seven and six season with a top tier defense and a easily underrated offense it, not they're underrated yeah that was definitely not underrated <laughs> they were but not rated they were awful. absolutely <laughs> yeah below the barrel under the 100th mark which is just embarrassing but one of the things that you kind of see in a season like that is a lot of coaching changes a lot of dismissals but obviously they did the coaching shuffle with uh, offensive coordinators going to different places. Brad Salem's now the new offensive coordinator. Uh, what do you take of this? What do you think about this? It's funny. I remember with a day that they like the press release came out that D'Antonio was going to have a press conference in the afternoon. I was like, oh man, getting kind of excited. Like some, because I didn't know if he would do the changes. You know, you never know with Mark. He's kind of set in his ways. Um, I was like, I go, leaving the season. I was like, I don't know if he's even going to change anything. He might just, you know, he rolls with what he has. He's been successful before. Um, but when he announced that, I got kind of excited. Some changes, and honestly, when he made the changes to be just shuffling and not getting rid of anybody, um, I was somewhat disappointed. Um, I thought that uh, if you stay the course, the way things looked at the last couple games of the season, even the last three seasons, I'd say, um, it's pretty stale. And I was hoping he would do something new. Um, Reports coming out now of out of camp, and uh, you know you hear the beat reporters and things online seem pretty positive with Brad Salem um, that he could be great, uh, great shakeup, has new ideas, and if Mark lets him run with them, it's a possibility of being a good thing. But <laughs> I think um, if we had a chance to get rid of some, bring in some new blood, it would have been a good idea. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But if we if we have another bad season and nothing happens after this season. Um, some trouble there yeah I, I i think we'll have to call for some heads there you know i i, I kind of agree with you here i i've been calling out dave warner for the last couple of years I, I you know hey we it got us here the strategy got us here you know got us to a cfp got us to rose bowl and that's great when you have the team and the assets to do that i just think the play calling has just been so conservative that we need a regime change 
However, during the media days, D'Antonio comes out and he goes, you know what? I didn't want to bring new blood in because they don't know the players. They didn't recruit these guys. You know, and you can give the whole loyalty spiel on it too, but it kind of gave me a sense that said, you know what, D'Antonio's earned it. You know, after the last 25 years, he's earned it to give his guys the loyalty shot one time, right? I give him this year, right? Brad, Brad Salem and all the other coaches have got a lot on their backs right now. Now, I like it though, because Brad comes from a background of spreading out the offense, giving a little bit more downtown shot, but you're right. It, it inevitably comes out to is Mark going to let him run? And I hope he does, but we got to see some changes on that offense. No doubt. And he's, yeah, and to get the loyalty thing on that play, it's, uh, it's tough. And you know, Mark is uh, probably the best coach in Michigan state history, um, for what he's able to produce and achieve. He said, Rose bowl playoff, multiple big 10 championships, but he's, we can't allow him to destroy what he's built. So uh, like you said, this year for sure see how the things go not saying fire darn antonio if it goes bad but i'm saying we need to be kind of on alert here like hey we're at a point where things are stale we aren't i don't see much progress coming the last couple seasons from this team and if we don't see changes soon i don't know maybe we'll bring someone in or maybe we do have to be whether it's not mark but maybe under him some new some new blood make maybe mark a little more comfortable and and have to adjust to the times, but we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, it's a little disappointing when you have a, a top defense like that and you just watch it. I mean, it comes back to that red box bowl against Oregon, right? How do you keep a team that's notoriously known to score over 40 points to seven points and you lose the game? How do you do that? You know, yeah. it, it's incredible what this defense have done. I mean, they averaged 17 points allowed a game. 17 points. You can do that again this year. I mean, we should win majority of our games. <laughs> it's it's funny. I see like the image of uh, Brian Lewerke on the botched field goal, like throwing the ball <laughs> behind his back, like ingrained in my head for the last whatever five months it's been. So it's like I need football to start up again so I can see something different. Right, just get but, me to Tulsa right now, right, so exactly. I don't have to think see that and anymore. It sucks talking about this as the first topic is like our podcast is like <laughs> the downside of everything that's been going on. But that's we want to start with uh, kind of the lower end, and hopefully we improve. More have more positivity throughout the podcast, but yeah, I mean, we can go on to the next um, topic we want to talk about. Shuffle is what kind of because we both have kind of agreed on mm-hmm. this one is we wish we would have seen more, um, but yeah. we got to roll with what we got. Yep, and you never know. Hey, as I you know, we're saying right now, we don't like it, but again, that's us from home. We don't know the all dynamics, as he said, with Mark Antonio loyalty. You know, knowing the players, so let's hope that it's a positive and it can have a really successful season. Agreed. Uh, I want to talk about you know I have recruiting um, this in twenty nineteen class it went all right. We got some good guys out of state of Michigan. Yeah. Um, who who are some of the guys coming in that you feel uh, can make an impact? Not redshirt and make an impact this year. You know, it's interesting. It's pretty cool because we've got. You know, two four stars coming out of Belleville, mm-hmm. um, you know, with Devontae Dobbs and Julian Barnett. Now, I like these guys. Now, that's the easy answer. But where I think the actual opportunity is for this team is actually in the running back position. Uh-huh. And I think Anthony Williams Jr. coming out, 
you know, uh, out of Illinois, I think he's going to have an opportunity to really set himself out, you know, reports saying that he's doing pretty good in spring ball already. And if you look back at the last 10 years of Michigan state football, we've always had either a power running back or a go-to guy. That's really, you know, breaking hundred yard games all the time. I mean, you can get back to even the, the ringer Culkrick years, um, obviously Le'Veon Bell and Jeremy Langford, but you know, last year, you know, I think Connor Hayward has the potential to get there. He just, it just wasn't shown, you know, trying to break tackles just wasn't there. So I think between him and Ladarius Jefferson and Anthony Williams, I think that spot's open. So I think as a freshman, he can come in and, and make a positive impact. Yeah, I'd agree. I was, that's what I was going to say. Uh, I didn't know who you were going to pick, but that's what I was going to go with. And I, <laughs> I agree. I'd add on more to that. You know, Ladarius and Connor at the backfield position are kind of like the same player. You know, kind of a bowling ball and not the breakaway speed. And Ant will be able to bring in something a little different, a little scat back, catch mm-hmm. balls out of the backfield, make a, make a guy miss. Um, a little more speed to that position, which is something that we need. So I, I'd agree that uh, Ant Williams will be able to, to make an impact. I think he may be one of the bigger ones just because of, like you said, the opportunity there. Most positions on the field are already, you know, log jams with the seniors, juniors, a few sophomores sprinkled in, but. Another position, uh, as you touched on before, from Belleville, Julian Barnett, he will have the opportunity for sure to return punts, return kicks. Um, you know, they're always looking for a fourth receiver. You know, we got Daryl and Jalen and Cody. Yeah. But if you add, you know, we got guys like C.J. Hayes and Cam Chambers, Larice Nelson. But you're going to – these guys need to sub out too. There's always that fourth, fifth, sixth. You know, sometimes you play six, even seven receivers in a game that I think Julian Barnett will have a chance to step in there, get a few catches. Now he does play both ways. He can, yep. he can play corner. But I see corner right now as such a log jam back yeah. there. Yeah. I just don't see him have any opportunity to, to step in. Now maybe when we were playing like a Tulsa or maybe a Western Michigan, maybe he get looked both on both sides of the ball. But right now I just see him. He has I, an opportunity, like, especially on special teams. You know, yeah. A lot of times you don't want to play. I know we love Jalen returning the – Jalen Naylor returning punts with his speed or Cody with sure hands back there. Sometimes you don't want your starting guys to really be out there catching the ball, uh, open themselves up to get hit. I think Julian Burnett with his athleticism, I mean, I, watch his high school stuff, man. It's, it's insane. It's insane. And we're He's following, so quick. you know, I'm from the Metro Detroit area and you follow on Twitter, like uh, the high school um, football Twitter accounts and you will see his name pop up two, three, four touchdowns a mm-hmm. game. And, you know, Jesus. he's playing both ways. So it's, He's really he's been out there the whole game and still putting up all those numbers. So he's someone I'm looking forward to see. We'll see if he has an impact. But yeah, Ant Williams, I'd say number one is impact. Number two, for sure, Julian Barnett. See, and I like that too because he's either going to get the best of both worlds, where he can get a little bit of time on that wide receiver's position because you know we're losing Felton, and I'm assuming Cody White's going to take on that number one receiver role. But you know, love Daryl Stewart. But you like you said, Naylor and all those guys, it's a good, solid core, but don't have breakouts. So I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity there. Or the vice end, let's say he stays back on the on the cornerback side. I mean, he's learning from great guys, oh, yes. right? He's going to have great opportunity to really find his cornerback men- mentor um, with those guys here. So he's going to win either way. Yeah, of course. Hopefully – you know, hopefully he doesn't he doesn't have to see the field at DBs. That either means uh, some injuries or people aren't performing. But 
he said maybe he's just a talent that you just have to have you have to put him somewhere you know you have to exactly get him. Well, i mean the, the clips are incredible oh yeah um and then of course Devonte dobbs probably one of our best uh offensive line here it's interesting because we're bringing back a lot of offense line we've played every offensive line <laughs> Right. position with everyone switching out being the injuries in here you know i don't count them out getting reps here um and a lot of them too uh, they like to rotate out so i think it'll be interesting to see but we do have experience with it um but just kind of going off the last two years that doesn't mean that necessarily we're the best so i think he also can have a big upside coming in another receiver trayvon morgan oh, he was he was our late signing out of ohio yeah it's huge six six he uh, has been in camp as long as other guys, but you never know. He was, he six, was six two fifteen. Yeah, he was a guy that we didn't really talk uh, recruiting or really talk about too much. He kind of popped on late there. I think it was like on, I think he committed on New Year's Day, um, and most of the class already had been signed by then. So he came kind of, kind of late. Didn't have as much pub as everybody else, but definitely think he has a chance to get in the field with that size. Yeah, in the red zone. I think they've got some seven-on-seven film of him just making some incredible grabs, too. Yeah, for sure. And that's another position, too, that you know there is a possibility to get in. So, mm-hmm. you know, guys like Spencer Brown or Michael Fletcher, Berghorst, those guys that on often defensive line, possi- they have the ability to be great. But at this point, it's just like there's not much room, you know, especially with O-line. You kind of want to keep that as long as there's no injuries. You want to keep them as a unit. As a unit. That's, yep. how, that's how they, you know, excel. So so with that being said kind of shifting gears here from incoming freshman to future recruiting now i, I got to give you a lot of credit matt you've got a lot more census i've just started getting that recruiting in the, mm-hmm. the 2018 19 2020s and it's actually it's when you indulge into it too it's kind of cool to see what's coming up front but but recently it's it's just not been very good for us um and and give me your best take on why it's not going so well it's kind of touched on it and the coaching with this word stale a lot of the programs that we recruit against here in the midwest are something about them that's more attractive for recruits than we are we have the same uh coaching staff a little bit of older coaching staff um that you know schools like kentucky and cincinnati and purdue even even Pittsburgh, they're just out recruiting us and going into Ohio and taking guys that before we were cleaning up, if they didn't go to Ohio State, uh, Michigan State would come in and be that second school and they we would we'd just feast on the Ohio kids and get our share of Michigan kids and be able to, you know, do well with that. Right now, there's just no, there's no pop to this, this team. There's no, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's just stale. And yep. when, when you have... No changes coming, and I don't know. It's tough to say when you see guys like in the past couple of weeks commit to schools like Cincinnati and yeah, Kentucky I was gonna say Iowa. It's, it's, like, it's incredible. Anytime I see a recruit going or getting an offer from Michigan State, I, I instantly follow him on Twitter, which mm-hmm. is probably not your best source of content. But <laughs> as long as you don't tweet them, right? But it's interesting that that they get these offers, and you see their top fives, and you watch them go through. I have literally seen three or four commits go to Cincy since he's doing a fantastic job over there mm-hmm. and it, it, their recruiting trails unbelievable and, and don't get me wrong it's been good I mean D'Antonio was there uh, Brian Kelly was there I mean a good coach great coaches have come out of Cincinnati but the recruiting oh game is 
in incredible right now. The fact that they can get kids to go to the American Conference, which plays games all over the country, and overcoming to a Big Ten school, Michigan State, one that has been successful, very successful this past decade, it's it's somewhat concerning. I would say uh, we'll see how this you know the rest of the uh, recruiting goes for the the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. But right now we have no quarterback. You know we had a chance to get. A Limo, Michael Limo, kid out of New Jersey who looked like he wanted to commit, you know, four-star. He tried to commit to the coaches. They turned it down as they were still going after Chubba Purdy, kid out of uh, Arizona. Um, the day after he t- we turned him down from Michigan State, he goes to Purdue. Purdue takes his offer. Purdy commits two days later to Louisville, a team that won two games last year. Wow. So it's, it's tough to see that um, on the trail, on the recruiting trail, and now we're sitting here. With, I mean, I'm not going to be. Uh, I always rag on guys that are stargazers, but you know, it is a, a way to see how we're doing. Um, we have one four star in Darius Snow, who is a yeah. legacy player. Yeah. I think he'll be great. He's a perfect player for Michigan State. But other than that, we have all threes or lower. And then again, no running back, no quarterback. Um, two positions of need, big time need as we go forward. And. If we keep waiting along, around too long and don't get anyone to commit, we're really looking at maybe Mac level players, yep. um, which is is concerning uh, moving forward. You know, after the 2019 season, we don't have the work anymore. We lose a lot of our receivers, a lot of our defense. So, not like hey, this guy's falling here, but definitely something to take a look at. Usually, I never had re- re- worried about recruiting. We'd always stayed in that. 20 to 35 overall mm-hmm. national r- ranking right now on rivals we're ranked 50 i know it's still early but it's somewhat concerning in my book yeah agreed and, and even then you know darius snow i mean he's got you know family i mean eric snow being a legend here i mean that that also kind of plays him in he's got a passion for the school and i just think it's interesting that you know, we pride ourselves on the three stars, some of the four stars recruits, and bringing them in and going for it. But right. you know, you, it'd be nice to capitalize on great years, mm-hmm. right? After having the you know 2013-2015 seasons and just capitalizing on that run, these no tough seasons of three and nine, and then a seven and six, you know, really brings it down. You know, whereas you can see teams like Clemson, who's now a powerhouse elite team. You know, you're just like, wow, that's just where you now you're going to get all the recruiting. So, right. And it's also, you got to recruit the right guys. You know, you can't just go out and get guys who are bad in the classroom, maybe not good in the community, because that's mm-hmm. huge to what Michigan State does. You know, after you went to the playoff in 15, you saw a rec- recruiting class in 2016 was the best we've ever had, but we don't have to go through them all. But a lot of us know what happened with 2016 recruiting yep. class. Not many of them are even left in the program yep. for a multitude of reasons. But like you said, you got to recruit the right guy. You got to recruit the right guys to come here, but we also need to get we need to get some dudes because it's starting to be worrisome. Cool. All right. Well, let's shift gears from yeah, let's recruiting. Get to, let's get to some uh, on-field stuff. Or yeah, let's talk about some guys now. Uh, the boys, guys, we have. Yeah. Um, so I, obviously, we got to start with the biggest question: um, Lewerke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that's the biggest uh, pressure cooker here. Um, what do you think? Are, are we going to get, uh, 2017 Lewerke or are we going to get 
you know, 75% Lewerke after injuries, after the, you know, mental with letting Rocky play a lot. Where Mm -hmm. where do you think we land with Lewerke? So going into last year, I mean, we definitely saw as the QB position is one of, you know, a winning position, a strong position with Brian coming in. People were even talking about maybe him leaving early for the NFL. All the injuries happen. I think some things between the ears as well with all the, you know, not as much confidence anymore after he did get hurt. Couldn't make all the throws he could before. So then I think Mark might have played him a little too much in, 29, in 2018, sorry. Um, he probably didn't need to play in the bowl game. He probably mm-hmm. didn't need to play against Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, where else did he did he come in against? Uh, maybe a couple I of think he was like in the Maryland there. game as well, too. in the too. Maryland game, yes. Yeah, so came in the Maryland game. That was late in the season, so he probably didn't need to play all those games, and it really wrecked his confidence more than helped anything. Yeah, might have even made the injury worse. Um, I don't think they ever really came out exactly with what the issue was, but in 2019, I mean that's obviously the question, right? If Brian is back to what he was in 17, we probably can have a successful season. And if he is what he is last year. Probably not as good. <laughs> as good. Probably a lot, <laughs> yeah, lot right. more like 2018. Um, I don't know. I, I hope if he is fully healthy and can make the throws, I just hope things between the ears and his confidence is there and he will be successful. If if mentally and physically he's ready to go, I think he'll get a lot closer to 2017. Now, if he, if he has to make adjustments because he can't make those throws again and he has to overthink things, that's where we – Run into some some concerns, um, and that would make me nervous. Right now, I would lean towards a little less than 2017, but not as bad as 2018. So, like maybe your 75 percent analogy there. Yeah. Which, depending on how other people step up, O line, uh, if they stay healthy, QBs. I mean, sorry, not QBs, running backs, um, and this defense should be pretty outstanding. We could still have a great season if he's at seventy five percent. If we get a hundred percent in the work year like twenty seventeen, look out. Uh, we'll definitely look out. be in it to it the end for sure. Yeah, I and, and I agree. I think this is a boom or bust season. I mean our our cap can be all the way up there with, you know, one loss here. And and I think our floor I mean, we could be a six and seven team. Yeah, no doubt. And it really gonna come down to can Lewerke make the throws? I mean the guy, two over twenty five hundred and five hundred rushing yards. One of the only quarterbacks to do it. Michigan State history, twenty touchdowns in twenty seventeen. Now I get it. You're out multiple games and you're injured. But even during the games when he wasn't injured, it was still hard. It was still questionable. A lot of yeah. interceptions. A lot of lot of mistakes. And you know some of it's the offensive line not giving him as much time. Right. I give a lot of it to play calling too. You know, I mean, he is known for his wheels, and we kept him in the pocket. And okay. so, I you mean, know, it, we, we were there in Arizona. I mean, yep. we were at that game. We saw him. You know, we drive us down, get inside the ten yard line, throw a pick. You know, and he just, red zone and fish. Right, we had thir- we scored thirteen points. He had one touchdown throw to Cody there, but it, he just didn't look himself even. And that was a game you thought, you know, going back to his hometown, he was going to be outstanding. And that was game two. That's before any injuries that we know of occurred. And he wasn't that same 2017 guy. Even against Utah State, you know, we were, I think we were up 10. And we got the ball back. It's third quarter, I believe. 
and threw a pick six, gotten right back yep. to the game. Yep. Utah State turned out to be a, a pretty good team last year, maybe the best, one of the best G5 teams out there. But still, we had a chance to bust the game open. First play of the drive, throws an awful pick six right to the house. So, yep. And that's what got him back in that game. And like you said. And you said that's before now, injuries, right? So. Now, exactly. And now in the same site, you see the same game where he comes back and makes a drive at the end of the game to put him up. So you get, you kind of get in a wishy-washy here. Where I think this is, and granted this is why we're the average fan here, I, I just really hope they've got the confidence in him. You know, I don't want to come out and have the debate, you know, where we did uh, the Maxwell uh, quarterback dueling yeah. who are we picking i you know i feel like the 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 line is lewerke right now but we got to stick it yep. right there's no bringing rocky in unless he's injured if he's Correct. injured get him out that's fine i get that but stay the line stay trust show confidence in him right because that that's only going to make the huddle a lot better um and, and make everyone doubt in his head if you keep pulling him out if mark exactly. is pulling him out it gives doubt so all right let's um let's go to positions here you know, obviously, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little bit which side of the ball you're on. Uh, but let's start with strongest positions. What, Where do you think are strongest positions and where we're going to be successful this year? Oh, man. I'm going to have to go strongest position. It's going to have to be on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. I was debating between D and not DBs. The linebackers are D-line, and right. I just think the D-line is so deep. i got to go oh, my with D-line. God. Yeah, who you're gonna say? <laughs> oh, 100 percent. I don't think anyone else is. They're gonna go like Jake, no. Matt, duh. It's the defensive yeah, line, of course. Like top so you, of the you, got, you got Kenny. I mean, Kenny's a beast. You know, uh, every single publication you see, he's first team All American. You got the Panashik brothers. These guys are animals up front. Raekwon, Raekwon, just he plugs the holes. You know, Naquan Jones. He could be a starter. I would say over half of Big Ten teams that are out there, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's kind of nice because it's you're coming to a, a defensive line that's got multiple years of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wreck havoc. Now, this is what that 2013 year started out with. And correct me if I'm wrong, it might be 2015. I might get the two seasons mixed up. But uh, Shalik Calhoun. Yeah. I mean, three the first three games our offense wasn't doing anything, and he had yeah, I that think was, three that touchdowns. Was yeah, that was 13. Yeah. And in that set the tone and the pace of oh, that yeah. defense of that year and then the offense started clicking and so i mean i'm not I'm, i mean i'm not here saying hey we have to win with defensive scores but you know it's kind of re- realistic that these turnover ratios are going to be phenomenal this year oh, yeah. um and it's interesting at the media day you had um kenny come out and he's like hey not only that but we've got guys in this in the chamber here we've got you know camper and beasley these guys are hustle hustle drive oh, yeah. to the wall guys which if you guys were if you're the backup to this defensive line you gotta be right yeah. so and yeah, you, I'm, you know we love to rotate every team likes to rotate you gotta keep those guys fresh so you mentioned jack camper he's had rave reviews coming out of camp for him yep so he can't think he came in as a tight end recruited as a tight end switched him over to defensive end on the defensive side there and if he could be, he could kind of be like a Kenny Willickis type. We know kind of Kenny was a walk on, Jack wasn't a walk on, but kind of the same thing. Unknown, come in, work hard. He showed he showed flashes last year. Hopefully this year he can step it up a notch. He can be the uh, guy coming off the edge. But I mean up front with with Mike Panashuk and Raekwon Williams, those guys plug up. I mean the push they get is unreal. 
I know. Really, really, lets, really lets the linebackers get in there. Any concerns on Willikus and his leg? Sounded like he was all right. You know, reports are that he's okay. Um, he's going full bore in practice. So we hope that's, you know, not just them pulling the wool over or whatever, the rug over our eyes. I don't know what the saying is there, but <laughs> um, to throw people off. But, I, you know, he always says the right things. People say the right things about him. And uh, coming in, man, you just hope he, he lives up to that All-American all American praise and we have, have a great year on the defensive side. Yeah, and I, and I think the best part is I think the best second class or position uh, is the linebacker core. You oh, know, yeah, for sure. and this is and that makes that front seven unbelievable. Um, I mean, that front you know, seven, like you gotta love it. The, the I, kids like Bocce and Simmons, Tyreek Thompson. I mean, Tyreek Thompson came in; he's kind of overweight when he first came in. Now the guys, he's a beast. He is ridiculous, and in and Bocce's leadership and his mental mind is, is one that gets him there. And all these guys trust each other, so that's something that's going to be very helpful. That's the best. Forward. You know, you've heard it. You keep touching back the media day, but. Mark talked about the the chemistry and the camaraderie of the team. That's huge, especially in a school like Michigan State, when mm-hmm. these guys love each other and play for each other. You can really take the team that might have been, you know, seven, eight win team, takes it to that nine, ten win team, just because of that continuity and the chemistry they have together. So it's great to hear that coming out of uh, coming out of their mouth. So hopefully. T- turn into a special yeah. season for us. I mean, seventeen retar- returning starters. I mean, that team yeah, is huge. is essentially the same huge. here. And then you get to the DB side. I mean, you got Josiah Scott. You know, coming back off injury. You know, still David Dowell. He was playing great in the season. I mean, exactly. up against Oregon. You know, he locked down. We didn't even have oh. uh, Justin Lane. Yep. He goes in, shuts down that potent. I mean, I always talk about Oregon. Cracks me up going into this year because I remember watching them play us. You know, and. There, some people have them top 10, top 15 team going in the year, going to win the Pac-12. And we had guys – we had our guys shutting them down. You know, obviously our offense couldn't score anything. But mm-hmm. I think that was more of our own undoing than anything. But our defense against that potent offense locked them down. Said a lot. You know, and alongside Skies, you got, you know, Josh Butler. Um, you also got David Dowell, Henderson. And then even coming off of that, Xavier – Henderson plays both sides, or corner and safety. But then uh, Shakur Brown, who yeah. didn't play a lot last year, but the guy had a pick six in Indiana. Oh, yeah. First play coming in and gave a guy a break. I mean, it, there's depth. Kalen highly recruited yeah. kid out of Detroit. I mean, Dominique Long, he's, you know, pardon the pun, he's a long player. He's, <laughs> that's what we like, <laughs> like to see, those big those big DBs. You know, he showed flashes on special teams. Possibility of him getting more on the field this year. I don't ever see Josiah Scott coming out of the game, really. But no, but it, it, you know, it, you play de- three corners. You know, yeah, it depends on the and the tempo, right? Utah State gave us the tempo, and if it, that's one of the things that are these guys going to be ready for, and I think they will be. I think this is a good unit, a good set. We've got options, um, and it kind of reminds me of getting back into that 2013 year where, we, you know, I don't know, you know, the no fly zone hashtags everywhere right now, but. When you've got seven guys that can just cut the drop back time mm-hmm. and and just shut down the run, I mean, you guys, the corners don't have to worry too much about longevity of coverage. Oh yeah, and that is huge to the strategy of what we've played the last couple of years. So I think that is going to be, you know, something you you you're going to get flashes of. Oh wow, this looks like 2013. Right. 
Yeah, we pretty much just talked about the whole defense being, <laughs> being our favorite <laughs> So do you want to go into the weak, the uh, weak uh, position? This is something different. I want to ask you a question. We yeah, talked about ahead. the defense. So let's let's just, before we go to what we think the weakest position is, because obviously it's going to be on <laughs> the offense. offense. <laughs> what is the strongest offensive Oof. position group, do you think? Oof. Just off of true gut, I think it's a receiver. Oh, court. you took what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> well, here's and here's why. One, we we know how questionable Lewerke's going to be. Correct. We I, I don't trust the running backs just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we think you know Williamson going to be. Williams is going to be a, an opportunity as a freshman to get playing time. Offensive line, if they stay healthy, it could be them. But we got to they got to prove that they can get the push to allow our offense to move. Um, and Matt Dodson, who has been like just been overwhelmed with recruiting has not performed to what i thought he'd be yet now again nothing against him we've just had really good tight ends before him mm-hmm. uh, i think he has a breakout year opportunity you know he's not he's under the radar you've got a handful of other wide receivers i think if he can start catching the ball on third down in you know seven to twelve i think we've got a really good shot for him to break out too yeah and then just touch like you know talk about everybody else but the receivers, Daryl Stewart, make every catch. He's been doing it for years. Cody, you know, he got hurt last year in the Central game, but he came back, scored the late touchdown against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could be a star. Jalen Naylor with that speed, I love him out there. Brings a different dynamic. I know we we loved the end arounds last year. Maybe with Brad Stanley, we won't do as many the QB end arounds. He was great at those. He won us the game against Purdue with that and against yes. Indiana. Um, so even the first game last year against Utah State, he was out there making catches. So everyone knew from the start he'd be an impact player. Well, Cody so. White had a huge game against Utah State. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was making huge plays out there. You know, what worked in that game was a lot of spreading their defense out with screens. You know, that's what I'm hoping we see a little bit more of. Hopefully, if that's the – you know, play call that we need for that game. But, I mean, we can get to the edge pretty quickly. I mean, even, you know, Hayward getting on a – getting on his horse and getting into a sweep motion. You mm-hmm. know, all these guys are got a little bit of speed. So. Right, and like a little Reese Nelson, huge catches against Penn State last year before he got yeah. hurt. I mean, everyone got hurt in that game. They were either hurt or they got hurt. <laughs> it was the worst game. game ever. So he made huge catches last year, you know. A little speedy guy, put him in the slot. Another guy that adds depth to that receiving crew. So, yeah. touched about – so what do you think, obviously he's going to be on the offensive side, is the weakest position going into 2019? Running back. Running back, interesting. Yeah. I think running back because we I, I, I hate the two platoon when you don't know what that dynamic is, right? Mm-hmm. Think like ringer call crick, yeah, thunder and lightning. You knew exactly what you needed him to do for. Um, and I just don't feel that right now. I think Hayward – you know, if you're going to do a single back guy, he's got to be the guy every time. You know, you know, Langford was that guy, right? He can get the ball and just make it. Now, we did the dual back with LJ. Now, you know, bless LJ for his freshman year getting us there and, oh, yeah. and, and that drive against Iowa. I'll never forget that. I'll never rag on him for that. He always will have a good spot in my mindset, but obviously the potential wasn't met the last, you know, three years. So, yeah. But I think you have opportunity there. But, you know, if we ever had – you know, think about it. If you had a running back like a Langford, a Le'Veon, you know, oh, those kind of guys, if you had that going into this year, how confident would you feel about this offense oh, yeah. turning around? You know, we we think Connor's the guy to be the starter. But 
no one's like blown away the fact that he is going to be the starter. No, and, and there were spurts of Jefferson last year um, where I was like, wow, this guy could be the next guy. And maybe this is his year. You know, he played yeah. quarterback in high school. Now he's changing positions going into college. May take a year or two to be able to adjust a new position. So maybe a year mm-hmm. or two, something that we see a bigger step forward. And maybe he does become the guy. Or, you know, the the for sure the number two. We, we talked about Ant Williams before. But that even gives you the option to put Hayward in, in motion and slot. Oh, yeah. You know, Hayward is not a bad player. You just got to give him space. Yeah. And and I think if you got him into a motion, double back with a Jefferson, and he's motioning out and you've got him in the slot, you've got a chance yeah. to make some plays here. Hayward is great hands, too, in the slot. The great catches, huge catch against Michigan last year, that yep. one-handed catch. I'll say that it's not to rag on Hayward, but I think he's like the biggest guy that I've never seen break a tackle. It's like he gets touched <laughs> and he just goes down. And you think yep. how big he is, like a bowling ball. He, if you would just fight through those arm tackles, it's crazy watching him play and they get a, a finger on him and he goes down. So hopefully that's something he can work on. Yep. I wasn't, I kind of agree with what you're saying there with running back being the weakest. I think it's the most unknown for sure yeah. going in. I mean, unknown quarterback, too. We kind of already touched on that. That's who I was going to say is our weakest. But That's true. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to have faith in Brian will be able to turn around this year. I'm going to go weakest as tight end. It's just <laughs> yeah. there's literally yeah. no experience. Matt Dotson came in as a four-star tight end. Hasn't really seen much of the field. And if he's on the field, he doesn't even make an impact. It could be somewhat on play calling and the quarterback not getting the ball. Yeah. But – like you said, he has a chance to bust out this year. Trent Gillison, another four-star tight end, has a chance to, uh, you know, seize, I mean, the op- seize the opportunity. It's but. also nice when you you have that. Like, I mean, we've seen good tight ends. So cool. Yeah. You know, we've had guys that have just been reliable. You're like, know. oh man, he just hit that seam, and you're just like, yes, I need to do that. that Sokol was great, but he worked hard. <laughs> like a like a Josiah Price couple years. Price ago. was probably the best. Yeah, and we had him for so long. You know, we've had him. We saw him score touchdowns against Ohio State and the 2013 Big Ten Championship, and he was there even the down season 2016. So those four years, we had solid tight end, you know, good tight mm-hmm. end, an NFL caliber tight end. And right now we don't have that. It's always good, especially in Michigan State type of offenses where we like to be run dominant, showing that play action, throwing it over the middle to tight end. Yep. Right now, there's just so much unknown, so much lack of experience. That's the biggest question mark, and in my opinion, the weakest position going into 2019 would be the tight ends. I can definitely see that. So as we're going to get kind of here to wrap this up, let's let's talk here. The Vegas has got Michigan State at a 7.5 over under right now see some um, going to eight see some going up to eight which is good yeah sign. which is which is positive or it just means betting lines are moving right <laughs> who knows exactly right right so where where do you see msu record wise is it over under seven and a half mm. where do you see losses what's your take on the season so i was going back and forth with this at the end of last season i was saying we were gonna be terrible be honest with you yeah as time goes on i've gone up when this when when these when that going into this year i'm gonna go over the seven and a half but just barely at eight and four eight and four that would be somewhat disappointing for me to be eight and four it always depends on who you beat 
uh, how things go, where you beat them, how you beat them, who was on the field, you know, injuries, all that kind of stuff to see if it's successful or not. But in a vacuum, eight and four is what I'm predicting, and I would not be too satisfied with that. I was almost going to say nine and three, but I think as we talk through it, just my question marks around, around Brian Lewerke. Yeah. I think that gets us to eight and four. Now the wins and losses, I don't know exactly where they'll all be and we can run through the schedule. I mean, obviously I'll sell these toss up games in there. Northwestern toss up yep. game to me. When's the last time we even beat them? You know, and it's at Northwestern. At Northwestern. And they just got a good quarterback too. Right. Transfer. Exactly. Hunter Johnson, yep. five star that went to Clemson and transferred back. He's he was know, like he's he also rated over yeah. Tua. Exactly. So who knows what he's gonna bring if he shows great signs even harder for us to win that you know ohio state on the road (laughs) i don't want to say i mean i don't want to say chalk it up you can chalk it up as a loss you can always erase chalk right don't put it in permanent marker Ah, that's what you did there (laughs) we can chalk it up as a loss uh at wisconsin's tough you know they don't have as much hype as other years but you go into camp randall against a wisconsin team never easy so there's three tosses against obviously michigan yeah, on the road this year, but you know we always show up for those. Michigan State takes it to another level. To be late in the season, there could be a lot to play for. That's you know another Penn State at home. I don't have as much faith in Penn State this year as a lot of other people do. I know we've even we're picked ahead of them. So, but still, Penn State always has has players. And there's five toss up games in there. Arizona State, and we got them at home. Pay that for last year. I think we win it, but you never know. It's still a Pac-12 team that can come in. They surprised me a lot. They surprised us last year. I thought for sure we'd beat them last year. Seriously, they lost that one, and then maybe well, they lost know, their receiver. So yeah, you know, I think we you do still have the Rutgers and Maryland, Illinois on the schedule in the Big Ten. That I think we win those, but still they're Big Ten teams. You know, Maryland yeah. is new coach this year. Could you know could give us a scare late in the season? Who knows what's to play for at that point? You never know. Yeah, I mean, as we go through the season, we do week to week picks. I can give you more specific about games where we're playing them, but right now I'm going to say eight and four, where the losses are. Lock it in. Yeah, eight and four. (laughs) I hope. I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong, but like seriously, we don't. Not the on the wrong side. Hope we got we win more. I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Let's say. All right. So interesting that Maryland with Mike Loxley coming out of Bama. I mean, they're going to be. Hopefully, that turns quick for them. Um, you know, all the negativity there will turn quick, but I think that you're right. That's going to be a little bit bigger than before. Now, where I see us, and I, I've wavered this one too, because again, this is a boomer bust season. And honestly, I think this season is going to be the defining moment for the next couple years. Because if we have a bad season mm-hmm. coming off with eh, bad recruiting, we might not see light. So this has got to be a good season. Now, realistically, I don't know if it's going to be crazy or not. Now it all depends on the worky. Mm-hmm. So that and, and these running backs in the offense, that's where you could see a potential six and seven again, but I've got us at nine and three. Okay. And, and I, I think we're going to boom it up there. And the reason why I think I'm going to be a little bit more positive because I was skeptical about this offense, but you know, I really think Brad Salem being a guy that really spreads the ball. You know, I think we have a, a hope to see a change in the offensive scheme change to see where we're going. Yeah, hopefully Lewerke's healthy. Nothing's came out across to say that he's not. And I think we have a definitive line now. So I think there are things moving forward to the positivity. Still not sold. We've got to see what they look like in the first three games. But 9-3, and three, where the losses yeah. happen, I think we go 
out of these four games, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan, I think we go two and two. And, you know, we show up in Michigan. Sometimes we show up at Ohio State. But I think we go two and two there. Okay. And then we take one more in these games, either Northwestern, Indiana, or Arizona State. I think the, all the other ones which should be locked down easy wins. But those three teams are the ones that keep us close, can be close. Indiana's on the uprise. We never beat Northwestern the last couple of years, and it's at Northwestern. And Arizona State being a bigger game early in the season, maybe. I think we win those, but I think we take one loss in there. Hopefully, again, like you said, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope it's more of a one-loss season, but we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's going to be like kind of circle back around. Good season could lead to better recruiting. Bad season, we kind of see where we're at now. With recruiting, it probably doesn't improve too much. So, like you said, it is somewhat of a boomer bust. You know, just looking at the schedule, you open it with Tulsa, Western, say win-win, Arizona State, if you can win that. Then say somehow we go on the road, beat Northwestern. Then get Indiana at home on homecoming. And we can be going into Columbus on October 5th, night game at 5-0. and Be huge. Not saying we win that, game. but that would definitely be – You'd be amped for it. Exactly. And when you have those things, you know, the type of publicity you'd get for that game, the type of hype you get for that game, if we were 5-0 and going into the shoe, you never know. Roll the dice there. But let's just get – and let's just get through the Tulsa game and go game by game, right? Let's, yeah. Every game means a lot to the team this year, um, especially after the last season, last couple seasons. So, anyway. Yep, so with that, I think it's a good way to wrap this up. I think you know we'll, we'll put this out, and then maybe the next couple of weeks we do a couple smaller in-depth yeah, of, of other Big Ten teams. Uh, just to kind of see where they're at, see where they we project them, um, maybe three teams or four teams a week here. Yeah. Um, but thanks, everyone, for joining us at the Red Cedar Wrap. Uh, look forward to tuning in next week. Thank you, guys.